0: soon the month of March will be coming to an end. It's amazing how we just began this year, and we are almost through to the third month. We've looked at several things um, right from January, based on the theme that we have. Divine influence. And I think I've been emph- emphasizing all this while that God, despite that He's God, omnipresent, omniscience, omnipotent, the key thing is that if you don't allow God to have an influence in your life, in whichever area of your life, there's no way he can force it through you. Amen. And so we've been looking at the theme scripture from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that says we should not be conforming to the standards of this earth rather be transformed by the renewing of our mind and we found out that there is something called conform, be conformed and there is a world system there is a world pattern a world thinking and the God of this age has allowed so many things over right from the fall in Genesis And the thing is that whether you like it or not Satan has influenced us in so many ways just as he did right from Genesis um, chapter 3 we all know of the accounts and he used uh, forefathers, that is Adam and Eve to change God's idea or God's way, God's purpose, God's standard that he wanted us to live and have. And down the line, all sort of things have been transformed from generation to generation, from generation to generation until now. And there are so many things in the world that we all bought, lived by, have been affected. Whether you like it or not, you can know all the scriptures, you can pray all the prayers. But Satan has had this influence in, in us. And so when we get born again, scripture says because of that, the only way that God can be able to have an influence now in our lives is for us to be transformed. But amazingly, the transformation is in our minds. Amen. Remember, Satan used knowledge. We've looked at that, so I don't want to be going on. Used knowledge, he, he, he used the same word that God had spoken unto man God, Satan used knowledge and turned the same knowledge around in a way that will suit him to make sure that his purpose will come to pass so that he can buy or take the power, the authority that was given unto man and so he worked and once you are able to be worked on on your mind that's it, he, di- he did that and he was able to get hold of Adam and Eve and so God says that for that to be able to be rewinded you need to go back to the spoken word his spoken word I'm not talking of me I'm not talking of you I'm not talking of your your friend your church member your brother your sister your father your mother but God's own spoken word that he spoke to our spirit being and the Bible says, and we became a living soul. As he breathed, we became a living soul, and God spoke his word into us. That aspect of the word was received, all right? In 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 in, in that knowledge bait that we, 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 we we're supposed to live thereby. And so God is saying that once that was affected, we should go back to that same word that he spoke to us, amen, in order for us to be transformed. And so, I think we've looked at that right from January. It doesn't matter how long you you, you got born again. If the word of God is not able to transform you, you will still be walking in the kingdom with the mindset that the devil sold to mankind. And that knowledge, can I tell you, take you out of God's will and God's purpose. It doesn't matter. You see, Paul was able to say something when it was coming to the end of his days on earth. He said, I have fought the good fight. Hallelujah. And it's all because Apostle Paul had come to a place whereby he wanted to know God and he threw any other information that was sold into his soulish nature, into his mind. He said those things that was, you know, were, were, was a drive in his, in his life, it, he said it became a dungeon. He threw it into the bin and picked up God's purpose and God's agenda. That is why I love Apostle Paul when he got born again, You see, he thought he knew all and he thought he was so zealous. He had this mindset. But then he said, who are you? Which means that the man that he said he was working, he was working for, he didn't even know him. He said, who are you, Lord? Amen. And along the line, he said that I may know him. I may know him. And so we've looked at the bit whereby God has to you know, help us renew our mind. We've looked at so many things and I can assure you some of those things are very uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable for you, uncomfortable for us. Amen? Because that is how it is. If there is going to be a renovation, things have to be pulled down. There will be dust, there will be this, there will be all sorts. And um, and so it, it will sometimes... It will not be. But have you realized that when those things are done and you begin to put the chair, the table, the paintings, the wall hangings, people will just walk in and say, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, this is very nice. Oh, that television is nice. That you know, dining table is nice. But they, at the time of the dust, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? At the time of all those dirty work, Being swept out of the place people might have not seen that amen so those are the things that God is been working on us because there are great things that God would like us to know as he influences us the things that we'll be looking at after maybe today because remember Apostle Paul was talking about the fact that we are an aroma, the fragrance of God. Amen. Have you, have you got that scripture in Corinthians? It says we are the aroma of God, the fragrance of God. And it says every, basically, which means when you put on the perfume, wherever you go, you, the people should be able to smell, well, it depends on how heavy the perfume is. But people can smell that, isn't it? The fragrance. Amen. And so we should be able to have that fragrance, and as God to be able to let that influence be within us, to be able to affect all souls. But so we've spent this time, you know, to try and work on this the theme, Romans 12:2. But as I'm saying, very, very uncomfortable it may be. Um, but that is how we've looked at it. And for me, as I keep saying, I believe that is a message for the church of God, for the now. And last two weeks, we looked at the aspect whereby for the new wine to be put in us, we've got to make sure that the old wine skin is taken away so that we have what? A new wine skin. You know, when God's word says that I'll give them a new heart, amen, are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? It says, When we come to him, he will give us a new heart. Why? Because the old hardened heart, the old rebellious heart, the old skin that has gone through all the rough times and what have you, need to be taken off so that he gives us a new heart. That is why that scripture says, when we come to him, he will give us what? A new heart. A new heart amen a new heart so that we can be able to have this new wine will be able to expand it will not be fixed in a box amen it will be able to soak the gases and also be able to bring out what God wants to see in us and so we looked at the aspect whereby the Pharisees The disciples of the Pharisees um, came to Jesus and John's disciples also came to him trying to take or question Jesus, to take Jesus to the old paradigm. Where by there had been a new paradigm shift, they wanted them to go back to that same old place. And so they were going through the rituals. We've done this. We are doing this. We've done that and the other. Why is it that yours is not doing the same? And then John's disciples as well. You would have thought that at least John's disciples would have known better. Because, you see, sometimes even you realize if you look at this. At one point, the Pharisees were not in agreement with John the Baptist when that wave was uh, was, 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 you know, was moving. But have you realized that when they wanted to have a common purpose, amen, to be able to attack Jesus, two different people who wouldn't have agreed on principles and also suddenly agreed because they wanted to get something to pin Jesus down and say that your disciples are wrong. It happens. And Jesus was telling them that as long as the bridegroom was, it, is it, Yeah, the bridegroom is is around. You 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 yeah, you can't fast, amen. While the bridegroom is around, and so the Lord was trying to let them understand that you you at this time where the disciples of the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist, I'm saying you'd have thought that they would have known better, ganged up on Jesus and trying to say that this is what he is. Why is it that your disciples are eating? And as I said, if you look at Luke's account you realize, you see the bigger picture. I think even Mark's account, when you read from verse 13, which we didn't um, go into, before verse 17, that we're through to 17, you see Jesus was at the house of tax, uh, uh, Matthew, the tax collector. They were eating, drinking, and all sorts, and so these guys were eating. Imagine how you are fasting, and maybe you are hungry, and you, you, you know, you feel it so much, and you come this, you skim and see someone who you would have thought to, you have known better, eating and drinking and and chewing the chicken you know you hold a bone and it doesn't even bite it a bit but you chew it at an angle like you realize that you're making my hunger you know and so they came and said why is it that this is happening but the lord was telling them that you see you will always not see the move of god when you begin to see things in the old wine skin amen are you catching what i'm sharing with you You always will not see what God is doing if you are prepared to stay in that place. And the Lord was trying to tell them that a new wave is coming. And we've looked at all sorts from two weeks ago, you know, and um, last week we were talking about the gases, amen. Um, We looked at the fact that if you want to stay in that definite shape of the old wine skin, there is no way you can be able to contain the new wine. Hallelujah. And we we have been shaped. We have we have stayed in that old underdown our experiences our pain, our sufferings and the things you know and I was sharing with you the old wine skin, the bottles or wine skin, however that it's been touched by several people, it's been it's, it's faced the various temperatures. The, the, I can go on and on and on. And, and, and so it is, the, 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 it, it is old. Amen. That's gone through all. Very, very taking a definite shape. And nothing will change. And sometimes as we are bold to say, this is it. We've looked at the fact that when it is fixed like that, we become very brittle. And we break. And no matter how we pour in, we keep breaking. And God is not able to do what he needs to do and you can't put new ideas into old mindsets hallelujah because the results will not be favorable praise god and we last week i think we talked about the gases the expansion of the gases and and all that i want to be going over and over and we looked at the the mixed generation or the mixed multitude um, and I'm, 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 I really pray that you get um, what I was trying to bring across. Because one key thing I said is that the old and new, if you look at the words very well, it's not talking about the age, but it's talking about the nature and the essence. Amen? The nature and the essence. And, and we looked at the aspects of the, um, what do you call it, the mixed multitude. And I was sharing with you um, about the, 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 the woof and the, and the warp. And the thing is that if it is like this carpet, if it is not woven properly, one goes underneath, one goes up, and there are those that come straight, and those that. We looked at, at the picture last week. If it is not tight, there is no way you can come out and say that, um, what do you call it, uh, 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 it's properly done. And the unity of it is very 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 important who these people were where they came from why they joined the Israelites what happened to even all of them scripture is very silent but have you realized that their influence was very 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 strong amen are you here with me their influence was very 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 strong to the extent that they caused the Israelites not to be able to um, that generation not to be able to get to the promised land amen and so we need to look at that very 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 importantly in, in our lives a woven cloth is useless without both warps and wolf relationship in unity Amen? It doesn't matter how beautiful they are. Have you realized that the threading on these carpets or your clothes. It doesn't matter how beautiful they are, how expensive they are. If they've not been wo- weaved, that is the right word, if they've not been weaved properly, they will all come off. Is that not true? They will all come off. It doesn't matter where you bought them from. If they they, they haven't been properly, you know, you know, weaved in a way where the unity of it is strong. With time, they will all be pulling out. And that is exactly where God, God's word was very, you know, I don't know why, but that is the word of God. The mixed multitude, very silent. All that we are told is that they came to join. Amen. When the move of God. So, sometimes along the line in the journey, you know, you know, we've got to be very, very, very careful. We've got to be very, very, very careful in the journey of life. You know, you've got to pray that God will give you insight. God will give you insight. And, 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 and as you, you, you will move in the things of the Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will also give you grace to be able to, to know that you cannot just weave the old wine skein With the new wineskin, just like Jesus said, it will tear and it will become worse. Is that not what we read? It will become worse. And it says everything will spill out. That is why whatever God is pouring in us, the influence is not being seen. Because it's constantly being spilled out. It's daily being spilled out. Every hour is being spilled out. Because what is in our mind, it doesn't matter what God does here today. You see, you can fall 20 times under the anointing and go out of the the gate, all right, this door, several times, you will still remain the same. Because there is a change. Are you understanding me? The impact, but yet what you realize is that how, what it would take to be able to make you what God wants you to be is still in there. Are, Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? And so we've looked, we've looked at all these things. So now, today, I want us to look at what is the key. Amen. I what is the key? And we are continuing. We've looked from the new wine skin. We've looked at all, uh, um, all the various properties and what have you. So today someone will ask, okay, so what is the key? How can we, because for me, that is the question. If we can pour the old wine and the new wine into the old wine skin, all right? And what should we do, isn't it, in order for us to be able to retain the new wine, the new move, what God is saying to you? Because as I'm saying, no matter what God is saying to you, if you still want to move in your old, whatever you have shaped up in your mind, in your thoughts, because of your experiences and your what have you, God cannot. I'm not talking about you. I'm just looking at you and I'm just preaching. Amen. Praise God. So, 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 what? the key and three things that maybe can help you three Rs, not the normal hours the three hours that we know you know but the three Rs that I want to be talking about number one is repent number two replace and number three rectify they seem to be almost all the same But there is, we're going to be looking at that shortly. Number one, what did I say? And number two, number three, we're going to be looking at that. So we've we've looked at that the last, and we're looking at this today, and then we'll see what the Lord will be doing as he adds to us. So we're going to treat the first one, which is what? The first one, which is what? All right, please when i ask say it after me so that at the moment i'm the I'm, I'm the teacher you know we are in class amen so what i say when you it's very good when you repeat you know amen you understand what i'm saying so what did i say the first one repent repent means changing your thinking that is the metanoa amen and I think a few weeks ago I was sharing with you that we normally confess because we just someone says, oh, confess. Alright? And so those things come out of our lips. But we really don't repent. Amen? Of things. But the word itself repent is to change the way a manner you think. We need to shift Our paradigms, there should be a paradigm shift. That is why we've looked at this scripture over and over and over and over. I'm sure by now all of you know the theme for the year. Be not conformed to the standards of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind, so that what? You can be able to prove, right? Isn't it? You don't know what the scripture says in order for us to be able to prove the good and acceptable perfect will of God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let's look quickly at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. What, what does the scripture say? Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. I'm sure that when the Pharisees and the um, disciples of John came to Jesus, the mind that was in the Lord, they they didn't really know. Amen? They had their own mind. What is it? Why is it that your disciples are not fasting? But the Lord was trying to let them know that it is time for something to happen. Understand and live. In the new paradigm. Understand the move. Understand where you are. You have been born again. That you are not yet. Well, I won't use the word yet. You are You are not unsaved. And once you say you have been born again. Understand that you have moved from the kingdom of darkness. Is that not what the Bible says? Oh, are you here with me? We've moved from the kingdom of darkness into what? Amen. We've come into that new kingdom where the light of the Son of God. A new kingdom. And if you don't work in, from that angle, you're going to continually be in supposedly in the kingdom of God. But your mind, your life, and everything that pertains to you will still be under the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. So you got to first understand where you are. He says, while the bridegroom is with the bride, I think, yeah, with the bride, there is no way that the bridegroom is going to fast. But he says, when the bridegroom has been taken away, then, they will begin to know that, hang on it's time to fast. What the Lord was trying to say is, understand, understand the seasons, the times, the moment. Understand where you are. Understand. Because until you have come to a place of understanding, you will not be able to appreciate repentance. Is somebody catching what I'm sharing with you? Amen. Until you have come to a place to understand your state now, you won't even appreciate repentance. That is why we don't appreciate where the Lord has brought us from and where we are at at this moment in Him. We need to understand God has done and is doing. The Bible says, especially in Colossians, when we say that we were in the kingdom of, of we were in darkness. The principalities and the powers, all these evil things were controlled by then They had dominion over us, over our activities and our thinking and everything that we is. The world standard was, but God says that he has taken us and put, in, he, 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 um, he's put us into his kingdom. his places into a totally new kingdom. And until you come to understand that, you won't appreciate repentance. You won't appreciate it. So you, you, you'll be here and you'll still be operating from that old mindset. And that is what especially the mixed multitude did. They followed them. They came with them. And the Bible said they had a strong craving for Egypt. Is that not what the Bible said? And so eventually, what happened is that they were able to affect the Israelites to be able to go back, what, well, uh, um, to be able to um, desire and rebel and and complain and murmur, and they, they 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 did everything against Moses. Amen. New wine skin is seeing the world the Jesus way, hallelujah. The old wine skin says. The harvest comes but a certain way and a certain time. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? The old wine skin says that the harvest comes but it should be in a certain way. That is why they came to why is it that we are fasting? And at a particular in a certain time. So some of us and so certain things happen in a certain way, a certain time. What I mean is that it, according to how we think it should be, we can't take it. Because that is not how it should be. Jesus says, but look at how Jesus, you see the old wine is saying that until it has come in a certain way, how you, you think it should be, how you have calculated that it should be. What your mind thinks it should be. What you, you as a being or your circum- what do you call it? It can be a cultural or a, 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 a wave, whatever, where you are. Until you see it that way, you can never accept it. And so God will be doing a new thing. But it doesn't sit well with you. And so you won't take it. But Jesus' way says, look up. You see? look at Jesus says look up and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting look up and see that is he said that it is here and now it is present hallelujah look up and see but well if it has not come in a particular way At a particular time, how I wanted it to be, how it sits with me, because this is my passion, my desire. This is what I want to do. This is what I've been trained, because the Pharisees have been trained in a particular way. John the Baptist's disciples have also gone through a particular system, and things were not falling in place as they thought it is. Because those days, if you look at the culture of Israel, they used to fast, you know, um, every Thursday. If you, if you really study the culture, they used to fast every, every Thursday. And some of these Pharisees and, 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 and co. started adding Mondays to wait. Now, are you, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? And so, now it came to a place whereby something that was only once in their culture. And that is not what God told them. It's a cultural thing. And now, another day has been added to wait, which was a Monday. And now, we come to you and then we see you eating Maybe they saw them eating on Monday. They didn't say anything. And then we come Thursday, now it is not just McDonald's, but you are eating even you're having a proper party. Which means you you have violated the whole week's fasting. Amen. Are Are you catching that? And they could not take it because it was not coming in that particular way and the times that they've set up. It is not in line. Remember at the point when some people were, were 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 ministering and doing greater things for for the lord the disciples came to jesus and said ah lord we went there and some people were baptizing they were doing do, do, do. let's go and stop them and jesus says no 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 hallelujah let's go and stop on them how as long as it's not against the way and the principles of god we should just let them hallelujah well, they are not members of tower of faith they've not spoken us how we speak how we dress it's not part of my, my family. It's not part of my culture, part of my class, part of my school, part of whatever. So it, it can't be right. It should be how we should see it. And if it doesn't come in that light, everything else is wrong. Amen. But Jesus says, Look up, look up and see. Basically, he's trying to say that the fields are already what? Ripe for harvesting. So whilst you are waiting and Hoping and thinking that things should be in a particular way before you begin to walk in line with God's word. The Lord says by the time you realize the harvest time would have gone. Are you are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Many of us are missing the harvest times. I'll believe it when I see it. How many times have we all not said it or heard it before? Amen. Have you heard that before? Have you said it your own self before? I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, God wants to do something new in the church. Oh, I'll believe it. Oh, God wants to bring a change in your health. Oh, I believe it when I see it. Faith is not working. Where he says, have faith in me, and the results comes with the healing. Well, it's only when I believe it, then I see that God has done it. Are you catching what I'm saying? I'll believe it when I see it. God wants to bring a change in your life, your home, your family, your, your, your marriage, your finances, your health, your business. Oh, I'll believe it when I see it. That is the old wine scheme. That is the world way of thinking. and that is what we hold and we cherish. And it doesn't matter what. we cannot sometimes. No one can shift us from that angle. I will only believe it when I see it. It doesn't matter what God is saying. Well, it doesn't matter what, the, the, what, what is happening now. Well, I'll wait until I believe it before I see it. Let me tell you something. When you come with that attitude, faith goes out of the door and you always stay in the old wineskin. And even when things are happening, just I'm saying sometimes the harvest comes past because it didn't come in a particular way and we miss it. Are you understand what I'm sharing? I'll believe it it's only when it comes in the way and manner I see then I believe it amen but the new wine says you'll see it when you believe it is that not the case are you understanding what I'm sharing with you I'm teaching you today the old wine will say that I'll only believe it when I see it but let me tell you something that is how that man brought the child to Jesus well And eventually said, Help me, help my (laughs) unbelief. I said, Eventually said, I believe, when help my unbelief. But do you know the picture? You've all seen the picture, isn't it, of that incident? He brought the child to the disciples. Maybe they've seen, he's seen miracles, signs, and wonders happening all along. All right, let me tell. I I take this young child who has been falling down and, and going through all these. You know, the, the seizures and things like that, and then somehow, when they brought the child on that day, um, jesus wasn't there um, personally himself, so what he the disciples had to do was to what do you call it um, pray for for the child and, and hopefully See that something will happen. And they did all that I they did and nothing happened. I told you about my, my own friends. When growing up, young boys and girls. Going about, I think I've shared that with you several times in the church. You know, praying for people and also and at a point at this meeting, this young, uh, well, man came, a, a cripple, came, you know. He <laughs> started laughing. I've not said you, the whole thing. Cry. Oh, you know. And... The cripple was there, and because uh, uh, he, he sparked you off already. Uh, okay. And then uh, I remember this pastor, friend of mine. I won't mention the name because you know him. Lay down, prayed prayed, prayed. prayed, 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 prayed. The guy said, Walk by faith. And the guy called, fall down. He lifted him up, lifted him up, prayed, 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 prayed the guy. They looked at him, this healing cry. I don't like it. Take your healing. Because I'm not going to go down a third time. So he said, "Even this healing, I don't, I don't even want it. You leave me just as I am." Amen. So sometimes these things can affect you. Amen. I don't, I don't want it. You take take your healing. Uh, prayer, this simple prayer for healing. I've come. You brought me here. Lay hands on you. Lay hands on you know, me. Left me hoping that I can be able to take step blah, blah, Second time. Blah, and the third time, I said this healing. I don't want it. You take it. <laughs> take it. Amen. So sometimes that is how he is. They brought he brought the son. They prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing happened. And then he came to Jesus. He said, if you can, basically, I will only believe it this time when I see it. And the Lord is saying, what? Is that what you are trying to say? Amen. Then eventually, after the conversation of the Lord, he said, I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. Basically, what he's trying to say is that, you know, I believe it now. Amen. Amen. I'm seeing it now in the eyes of faith. Before even it believes. Before it happens, sorry. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Church, do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? I'm in the eye of faith. I see it. Before it happens. The reason why God is not able to do work in us is because we are boxed up in our minds. That is how we want to, especially, doesn't matter whatever. Because this man's experiences have brought him to a place that this is is my decision. This is where he is. It is only when the healing takes place that I'll believe it. And the Lord questioned him. The Lord was trying to let him say, is that what what he is? Amen. Praise God. Alessi is preaching with me. Very good. Amen. Amen. So immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears. That is in the eyes of faith. In the eyes of faith, I I can see something. So help that unbelief of mine because of the experiences that I had. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm sharing with you, church? Repentance is letting go of the old. The old limited ideas. The ways of God and the dealings of God. And rather, we need to invest our belief in a new, expensive, and expansive way. Amen. is making sure, letting go. And the reason why many of us, some things, God has still not done anything with us, in us, and cannot maybe do anything for us tomorrow is because we are holding on to the old wine. Okay. and So God has got the bottle of the new wine in it. But he knows it will be a waste. So there's no point pouring it. Are you here with me? Are you sure you're here with me? Repentance is letting go. And today I pray that we will let go and let God be God. Listen, you know there are times you'll be praying. This pastor with his bald head, he will see what I will do. And you are saying, Lord, help me tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, he will see. You don't know even when you go to sleep, whether you wake up or not. I'm just using it as an example. But you are planning and hoping that God will give you strength to be able to wake up. You don't hold your own life in your own hands. Is that the right English? Have I considered the English correctly? You don't hold your own life in your own hands. Like the guy who was gathering into his bands, hoping to think, what I will do? And on. the Lord says, thou fool, thou racker, Write, read the word. He says, tonight. Was it tonight or today? Was it tonight? I've forgotten. Uh, to, tonight or so. You, 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 basically, that is good. And you see, some of us, let me, let me tell you something. Until, until we have let go. Until repentance has taken place. We will still be in the old, rugged skin that has been tortured, mishandled by the Holy Ghost. God has not been able to influence you and can't do anything, even in the next hour in your life. It's because we can't let go. We're holding on. Do you know where I went to school? Do you know my bank account? Do you know who I am? Do you know what, what, you know, we go on and on and on. Brethren, I say even the next three hours. Do you know all of us are hoping that it will be evening, isn't it? 6 p.m. But nobody knows what is in the next four hours. Oh, somebody, nobody knows what is in the next. We are hoping and know that the grace of God will carry us through. It is time to let God God, God, take the old. Maybe you say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I want the wallpaper. I like the painting. I like this. But God is saying, until you give it to me, to take away from you, I can't repaint, redecorate. And that was hard for the Pharisees. Because they were, their mindsets were, 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 were bogged in in the doctrines and the teachings of their fathers. They've sat under these great men of God, the teachers that have been. That is, you see, listen, church. Have you realized that Apostle Paul was one of the greatest apostles? But the only way in which God could be able to meet him, I'm sure, is how God met him. No, no, it's somebody in church. Oh, are you are you here with me? The only way which God could meet him was at the Damascus Road. He was intelligent. He could argue his way out. In look at the scriptures, in in us of the apostles and his writings, uh, from his barrister background or legal background, Apostle Paul was able to. You know I give all sorts of King Agrippa and Felix and the rest the man that was all. so there was no way that we are going to say any other thing and the one way God met him was at that Damascus Road and God showed up something to him realized that you see it is not about your intelligence but when he saw he says, who are you Lord when that happened Theologians are saying that it was the account of what happened on the Damascus road. That is why he had this eye problem, this turn of the flesh, because of the reflection, the, the intensity of the light. I, it's not because theologians are saying. Apostle Paul's problem was, they were trying to say that because of that Damascus road, um, what do you call it, experience. But the only way which God could meet up, him, meet up with him was that. What about Jacob? Jacob Jacob was smart. And the only way by which God could remind him was when his hip was touched. And from that presence, he, his way of walking changed until the day of his death. But you don't have to wait until something like what happened to Apostles Paul's eyesight, if that was the case on the Damascus Road. And for Jacob, we know it was recorded. But Paul, we all knew, had this serious problem with the sight. But that is what theologians are putting up across. But the only way which God can be able to come sometimes to us is through a way, because we, don't, we are holding on to the old wine skin, All of us. And because of that idea,, I, I, um, our ideas are very limited, and Satan has blocked God's way. But you see, he, Satan points it, it is good. Hallelujah. Let's go. Let's go. Let go of the last 10 hours, 5 hours, 1 week, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. For some of us, it is to you. What that uncle did to you or said to you. What your mother said, your mother didn't ma- make sure that that thing didn't happen, or pushed you to alongside of uh, your father, your brother, your sister. For some, it has been a fight between, you know, siblings, between families, between um, workmates, your classmates. Something either in the, uh, um, the ushering. I can go on and on and on and on, but you have not let go of yesterday, or is it let go or let go, on? let go of yesterday. The reason why a lot of us are so suffering, even even in our marriage, is because of something that happened. That man, that girl, and they are not in your way of life. But you see, you are holding on and you have built your life around it. You see, let's go. I said today, do what? Let's go. Or because that business failed when you started because you wanted to set up with that a family member, a friend, a church member, whatever, whoever the person is, and it didn't happen, and it, it, it costed you, yes, I know it did. So much money, time, effort, and all that kind of stuff. Barry says something today, she's not here, but she said something several, I don't know, about three, four, five years ago, We said before, um, for you to, um, to receive the, the new, you have to let go of the, of the old. Is that what, I think that's what he said. That thing has stuck. Sorry? Okay, to get the best, you need to let go of the good. We're just talking. Sitting down. She comes out with certain things sometimes. So when she's talking, I listen. There are statements she makes that sometimes are very deep. And in order for you to get the best, you've got to let go of what? Of the good. I'm telling you. So, what do you think is so good that you are holding on to you don't want to let go. Let that old wine skin, the label, how it stood out, and everybody said it was nice. There's a new wine scheme that the Lord is bringing your way. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you, church? Let go, let the old label go. <laughs> Hallelujah. What did I say? Let the old label go. And let the Lord be able to come and stamp the new label on the new wine skin. The old label was manufactured by Satan. Or manufactured by struggles. Or manufactured by problems, situations and all sorts. Yes, at the time I know what it was. It was manufactured maybe even that it was good because remember Jesus never condemned the fasting. That he was talking about the nature and the essence of it. He said, when the bridegroom, so at the time, the old skin when it was produced, was good. Was beautiful. It went through all that. But there is a new label the Lord wants to stamp on your hand, on your forehead, in your life, in our church, in our marriages, in our finances, in our health, in our business, you know, uh, 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 oh, For the generation of our children, God has a stamp in his hand that he wants to come and stamp on whatever that he is. And the, the Lord says, I want to put a new label. And he's got a stamp. But we are saying that, God, you can't, I love this stamp. I love this stamp. Everybody said it was nice. But God's saying that, it's time. It's gone. You didn't hear what I just said. It's time. That old stamp that signified you is gone. God says, I've got a better stamp that will cause me to be able to have an influence. You see, when that old stamp was looked at, which you adore, it could only attract maybe a thousand pounds, a thousand people, a thousand blessings. But God says that when I take it off and I put this new stamp, it will bring hundred thousand. Which one do you want? A thousand or a hundred thousand. Hallelujah. Let's go. You should be able to boldly say that I lovingly release all the old unproductive thoughts, wicked plots, feelings, and let them go. The old ways and the old wineskins. Hallelujah. We need to come to a place of repentance. And I'm, I'm talking of repentance you see as i'm saying until you humble yourself and you see it is difficult for man to be able to say i've done wrong sometimes it can be you as an individual sometimes these things can be when you study these generational causes and cases and the things and the genera- gener- generational legacies and all the things on fridays you sometimes i encourage you please come to church you've been praying on these things are generational it is difficult it is not just you. It started a long time ago before you were born. That is why it's so difficult to let go. Because you can't be able to genuinely come to the Lord and say that this is it. Hallelujah. And I want you to come to that place to today as the Lord, the grace is here. And those of you listening to this word at home, wherever you are. Uh, Any given time when you log on or tune in or begin to download and read, let go, let go, let go of the old wine skin. Is this place leaking or something? I've just seen water dropping. I just literally saw some drops of water. Sorry. No, I've literally just why I stopped. I just saw some droppings of water. That's why I stopped. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go. Let's go. But you see, when you repent and let go, what did Jesus say? If the demons, that is a problem with generational cases. And things like that. We break those. I am sharing that on Friday. We break those things and, and, and deal with all those things. But the problem is that we don't close the door. And so the familiar spirit is hanging around. And Jesus taught that in the Gospels. He said when you cast out a, a, a demon, he goes about and do what? Legs around over and over. And then he says, hmm, this is where I used to live. Let me go. And when he comes and the place is clean, not occupied, He doesn't come alone. Amen? Is that not what the Bible says? This time he's not coming alone, but he fortifies himself with seven stronger ones. Is that not the word? Amen. Seven stronger ones. Jesus is the one teaching. So we are dealing and cutting off all those things, but we don't replace them. So we come to church, a prayer meeting or Sunday service like this, or a midweek service, however, or someone may be listening to it, either on your phone or your television or your at-home God channel or um, uh, 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 Revelation TV or any. You, you, you pray. but what? Replace. Replace. We need to replace the old patterns with the new ones and use them. Not as temporary measures, but as permanent changes. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the architect. And the architect tears down and rebuilds, although the structure was there. Amen. The structure might have been there. Amen. But the Holy Ghost will come and replace it. Let us replace with the ideas of God. Let us replace with the anointing. Let us replace with the power of God. It doesn't matter how your pride and your, um, what do you call it? I want another word. Your um, ego, yes. And it doesn't matter how your ego is. You've got to come to a place, say, Lord, I repent. And I want you to come replace, replace, replace. And that is what the Pharisees could not take and they fought with Jesus until the day that he left the earth. The Pharisees could not take it and they fought the Lord and fought the Lord and fought the Lord because it was difficult to let go. To the extent that when the Lord was talking about the new paradigm, that he would tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days, they got up, uh, you, know, uh, you know, and, 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 and were, were annoyed within themselves. How come? When you were even not born, our fathers built these temples. We saw when you were born, when you were growing up, and also and you are going to bring it down and rebuild it in three days. They could not believe it. And Jesus was being you know, it was, yeah, yeah, when he went to Pilate and, 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 and he was standing right in front of them, You said, this is what they are saying. What do you have to say about it? You see, the thing is that they were looking, it was difficult for them to let go of the new paradigm shift. Hallelujah. That it was not about a physical. I tell you what, something is happening today. This place was shaking right now. There is something happening today. This this place was literally shaking. No, there was this shake. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God wants to replace. God wants to replace. God wants to replace. But he wants to replace with something That he himself, as the architect, would like to put. Hallelujah. And then the third one was what? Rectify. You know, I happen to work in an environment where um, certain instruments or systems or what have you, that if it is not calibrated, you you'll be in a serious... Oh, okay. You'll be in a serious problem. You can't just go and buy anything in the market and just begin to use in, 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 in our environment, my environment of work, especially if you related to the work that with that particular machine or, or system or thermometer or you name it, whatever that is. If they are not calibrated, you, you are in big trouble. Before the... Quality department even makes sure that they hang you. The MHR before the MHR inspectors really come, you yourself, you got to know that this thing is not acceptable. Amen? And to calibrate something or an instrument is to have a Amen? Standardization. You know, assuming, uh, 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 you know, having this assurance that whatever instrument that you've got in your hands is reliable, it, is the, it will give you the benchmark results. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? It is not just because oh, I've got a thermometer because I can't even buy any thermometer and take it to my workplace, and said I'm going to use it. No, no, they wouldn't. The quality will ask you where, where, how, when was it calibrated? When is the expiry date? What is the documentation on the calibration? What, it can go on and on, and you have to file all these things. So and begin to look out for it when you have taken a reading of any whatever that it is. They will have to make sure that this thing that you are using is fit for a patient. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? And for the drug, that, And I'm sure it is not just even that. I'm sure all these systems, before they pass out and come out into the system, that is why the, the manufacturers are able to put their label on it because they know that it has been calibrated. The accuracy of it. Amen? That... It, it is, it is, it is fit for purpose. It is standardized. It is reliable. It, the, the benchmark is set there. Imagine when we had um, these bows, um, bows uh, or boss or whatever that is. Yeah, when we had them, if it was not calibrated, then do you think they'll put their, their lip? And this one, this one is not, um, 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 no, no, they, Sorry. Um, this one is proper one, uh, genuine. Uh? This is not artificial. Um, it's not fake. Amen. This 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 one this one is a proper proper one. You got one, two, and got the third one there. They are proper. The, the, these labels, these things that they are, you see that it was not done at counter market and put it being placed out there. Amen. It's proper. Why? Because they will not sell. You see, that is why these cars. Brethren, when you go out, there, I know sometimes they recall some of the cars. But the reason why a Nissan, a Mercedes, or any other car will be able to put, um, 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 what's the Rolls Royce, Bentley, will be able to put their lift. They know that whilst it's walking on the road, this car has been calibrated. Amen. Without calibration, equipments can fall out of spec. Amen, and they can provide inaccurate measurements. Therefore, safety and the equipment's long life. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Is someone in church? So we need to make sure that we are calibrated. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah! Oh, it's, I are you sure you are in church today? After repentance and re being replaced, that I've talked about, we need to make sure that we have been properly calibrated by the Lord so that we are accurate. The benchmark is not of the old, the benchmark is not of yesterday. That our safety in Him and our safety in wherever that we are and whatever He's assured us and given to us. That is why, you see, that is why you don't just get someone born again today and straight away you make him a church elder or a pastor or whatever. We lay hands, you know, you've got to be slow. You see, especially in the charismatic settings, we are quick. Let's lay hands, let's lay hands. The Bible said, even be slow, be very careful how you easily lay hands. Amen. We don't just lay hands on someone and say, oh, you just came today, so tomorrow you are assistant, pastor, pastor, or missionary. No, 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 because the guy may have the talent, the ability, and the quality, but the person has not been calibrated. No, Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You have not gone through calibration. And so when you are on the mission field, you have the talent, you have the, the ability, you have the zeal. You see, someone begins to pray in tongues, someone begins to fast, someone begins to do this, and they think that ah, I'm powerful, I'm strong, because I can pray more than the pastor. I know more scriptures. I can speak proper English than the pastor. I can use all sorts of... You when know, I lay hands, the demons, yes. Let the demons fall and all sorts of... Listen to me. Listen to me. If you have not been properly calibrated, you see, time who expose you. Did you hear what I just said? So be humble, be careful, be, be very, be, take your time and let the calibration of God work upon your life. Let God calibrate us. Is, is someone in church? Are, are, you, are you here with me? Let God calibrate us. Let us go through the proper testing, the proper machines, the proper to make sure that before he puts us some. You see, that is why there is a, you see, you don't just, uh, uh, th- there is a time of one getting born again, even going through training and all sorts, and then they are commissioned, commissioned into ministry. It's not just today. It's not just yesterday. You think sometimes, even in our marriage lives, when you see someone straight out there on the street, that you you, you, you feel, oh, I want to marry this person. You don't marry the person straight on the street out there, isn't it? Sometimes people even don't go through, we don't take our, what do you call it? Um, what's the name? Counseling. And those things seriously. Because we think we know. I've had boyfriends, girlfriends, yellow friends, green friends, um, all sort of... Um, um, whatever. I've been there. I've got money. I've got business. I've got this. I've gone to school. I've got all that. I'm time. I I can buy the ring. I have to marry. And you think that that is what he is? There is a calibration process, Hallelujah. That is why even in your business setting up, you don't just say, oh, no. "I want to have this business and straight away." You just sometimes you you want to know how research. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? B- b- calibration. Let God calibrate The reason why, as believers, we are going through, we 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 are not ready. We are not prepared. We are too proud to be calibrated by the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus himself had to take the disciples. The Bible said he prayed all night. Is that not what the Bible said? He prayed all night and chose the 12. But the following day he didn't commission them. Oh, is somebody in church? The following day he didn't commission them. And even after training them, after his death and his, even his resurrection, after he had given them all these instructions he still told them do not go and even attempt to do anything until the seal is on you you see one 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 word of the Holy Ghost when the Bible says that we we have been the, the seal of the Holy Ghost is upon us amen that is another word for it that seal he says I know I've taken you through this training. You've been with me. You've gone through this. You've gone that. Even after the the resurrection, he said, make sure you don't begin to do anything until I have put the seal, the seal on you. Church, are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Are you here with me, please? He says, until the seal has been placed on you, don't attempt, although you are to... Preach the gospel in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The Lord says, I know you have gone through all this training, you are doing all this, but listen, listen until the seal is on you. Don't attempt. Because it's the seal that as you walk around, we will know that yes, that car is a nissan, that car is a Volvo, that car is that. That is that. Even these instruments, you see, we have, I don't know, this is, uh, uh, what is what, what is it? Fender, isn't it? And Fender has a name. When we, when we, so we say we have a Fender in this church, we've got cool, good quality stuff. Roland, you see, that is why they do what is they, they have extra paint. That is why you think that they just put this in and the know. Because they know the quality. And when you look at when you, when you are watching some of your programs on television, we, we, they've got this so what we have here, quality one out there. out. what are you talking about? <laughs> Amen. And the seal is on there because they know that this thing will give you the sound, the quality, the, 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 the durability, the, they give me the English, you know, all those things he knows. That you can get that from there. Let the Lord rectify us. That is our problem. We have not been calibrated. There is no certificate of calibration of our experiences. There is no certificate of our calibration of what the Lord has taken you through and made you. That is why you are still hanging on onto the old manufacturer. <laughs> Amen. Oh, church, are you here with me? Who calibrated you? What is the seal upon your life? What seal is on that ministry? what seal is on your marriage what seal is on your health when the devil has come and told you that you can never get well and sicknesses and diseases are gonna when he says that no 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 healing is who I am he says I will not put those diseases on you healing is who I am I'm the God that healeth thee you got to buy that heal that seal and put it on us so that when the enemy comes and sees the seal of healing He put a seal of disease and weakness. But when he comes to see a seal of healing, restoration, and the word of God, he begins to run away knowing that this is not one of mine. That characterizes a lot of the things about our lives, our things that were handed down. They came. Why is it that we are fasting and your disciples are not fasting? When our fathers and our traditions have gone through all that. And the Lord was just telling them, there is a new seal. There is a new seal. So he took time and calibrated the disciples. There were ups and downs. There were failures. There were times when he rebuked them. There were times whereby he, he 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 you know he ministered a long time he sat down he, ate, he went on and on and on and on but you see listen <laughs> church are you here with me are you sure listen the time when the Lord with them and there were all those um imperfections yeah Upon the lives of the disciples, they were fighting among themselves But listen, listen, church, while they tell me he never had that doubt, despite their imperfections, because he knows he has calibrated them. And the time is coming when the seal will come upon them. And then he knew from the depths of his heart that the world cannot stop them. And so we are told that they asked themselves who are these people and they took notice that ah they have been with the Lord. And then at a the point when they could not hold them back forever. They could only cane them and leave them to go back and continue the work. And today you have received the word and I have received the word. But calibration takes time. Calibration means that everything Needs to properly go through what God wants you so that He can put His seal on you. So many years ago, I've forgotten how many, maybe three or four years ago, I was sharing maybe more. I was telling about this young woman who was cooking in a particular way, and then the husband was asking, Why are you cooking a particular way? So that's how I saw my mother, because you know we picked things up like that. She said, Went to ask why did you do that? And so I saw that's how I saw your grandmother also do. The, and they went to ask the grandmother why is it that you know this has been a tradition you hold on to tight until and, and this thing is not done this particular way your 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 daughter wouldn't cook anymore. that was only the convenient way. There is no, <laughs> it was just it was just convenient, amen. But you see, sometimes the seal upon our marriages today is the seal of yesterday. The seal. Of our, of our health, our finances, our ministry is 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 the seal of yesterday. I say let us be calibrated so that we'll be accurate. That is what calibration is all about. The instrument should be accurate. We are not accurate in our thinking and our doings. Uh, we, are, we have the new wines. We want the new wine and to be poured into, a, 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 into our old wine skin. The accuracy isn't that is thats why somebody can go, you know, and, and and pick scriptures and say all manner of things. You know, nowadays you see these things on WhatsApp, we read these things on WhatsApp on the internet and all that, and then it spread about about among us. You know, there are certain, there are certain, most of messages, you know, that I I don't spread to everyone, apart from maybe people who are matured, one or even one or two, that I may, I may send most of those things, that is always talking, you know, making sure, you know, they they, they laugh about the kingdom of God, healing, uh, um, pastors, uh, and church, God, the word of god and also some of those because uh, you see those sort of things i don't even spread those things around amen are you understanding what i'm sharing with you because those things do not make us accurate amen because there are some of the things that some of these guys are doing some of these things that supposedly is church that they are operating and doing and all in the name of the word of God, the Bible, and, and they have thousands of people. And you see, the issue is that these guys have not been calibrated. Amen. These guys have not been calibrated. They, they what I mean by calibrated is they, they, are, they are not accurate. They are not accurate. The uh, standardization of heaven is not on them. And God can't rely on them because the benchmark is not right. Whose benchmark is your ministry? Whose benchmark is this church? Whose benchmark is your marriage? Whose benchmark is your health? Whose benchmark is your, your finances? Whose benchmark is raising up of your children? Because if your health... The benchmark is about the great, great, great grandfather who had that disease that you thought was handed down to to your grandfather or grandmother and it came to your mother or your father and you think that is your benchmark and so very soon you two are going to have the same thing. If that is your benchmark, then I'm sad to say that there is no way out for you. But even if that is what has happened in the past and you have come to a place whereby God is saying that this thing needs to be broken, but through you. Use God. Let the accuracy of God, use God's word, the accuracy of God's word to er eradicate the benchmark of yesterday and the benchmark of any other thing. God should be your standard and your benchmark. Hallelujah. So, you need to ask yourself, where do I feel stretched or thin? Like I'm attempting to put new wine into an old wine skin. And ask yourself why. Where do you find yourself stretched? Where do you find yourself stretched in this old wine skin that you know you are expanding, you are not expanding, the gases are not taking, I can go, I've I've gone, I've preached all this, I've taught you all this for the last two weeks or three weeks. So the issue is that where do you find yourself stretched? Because right now, where you find yourself stretched is where you are having questions in your mind. And Maybe you are looking at me funny. Maybe you are thinking about me funny. Maybe you are seeing me funny. The issue is that where do you find yourself stretched? That is the place that God is speaking to you. But that is where the enemy doesn't want you to let go. Is someone here with me? Are you sure? Why am I struggling to release the old wine? Why are you struggling to release the old wine? Why is it until today, even until this point that I'm about to finish this ministration, why is it that you are still finding it difficult that you want to hold on to the old wine skin? Why? Why can't you let go? What does holding on to the old wine skin really give you? Remember the law says that this new wine that is so precious will spill out. Remember, he says, as long as you are trying to sew it into the old cloth, it will pull apart. It will, it will, and it will become worse. So, brethren, I'm trying to let you understand one thing today. According to the word of God that we all read in Mark's gospel, he says that your situation, as long as you are not allowing God to do what God wants to do, God's word is saying that it will become worse. Oh, it's not Pastor Alfred. Pastor I'm not bringing any word of what they call it. Didn't you read in the word? Amen? Is that, is that not what is in the word? He says the situation will be worse. Worse. Because when he wants to let you let that old skin go, you said no. He says it's going to tear. What has the old wine skin really given you? Oh, where you are, you think that is where God wants you to be? No. The disciples were with the Lord. They enjoyed their company. They enjoy the company. They walk around. They'll be with him, and others will come. You know that. You know, you know that pride of being on the, you know, the God uh, around Christ. You know when they want to see Jesus. Hey, 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 hey don't come. Even to the extent when the children will come. Hey, hey, my friend, go, go, go. Amen. That 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 was what it was. But you see, they didn't want to hang about, driving away children and being who is this, who is that, who is that. They came to a place whereby they wanted to let the old skin go so that they could be able to retain the new wine. Is somebody here with me? What is it really costing you? Is it going to cost you something? Listen, as I finish. Listen to what David said. David, there was a plague. What? There was what? And this was causing so much famine, serious, all sorts of things was going on. And David came to King Aruna. Church, are you here with me? And David wanted this plague to stop. There was all sorts of things that could have been done, but there was nothing that could stop the plague than that offering, that sacrifice being made. And David came to King Aruna and said Akin Aruna said David take anything that is here cost, you, cost me Abraham came to a place whereby he could 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 just take anything, anything that he wanted, you know, from Merchizedek and all sort of those times, you know, whatever. He came to a place where he he needed to, at a point when he wanted to even buy a field and land to to make a well. And then he was being told by the king, you know, to take whatever that he wanted. Abraham said, I've lifted up my hands unto the Lord. This thing has to cost me. If it is worth something, it has to cost me. So today it will cost you of your ego. It will cost you of your pride. It will cost you of your yesterday. It will cost you of your, your sense of being important. It will cost you of the things that you have held on to. It will cost you of whatever, whatever that is that you have, you have even said. You know, sometimes we say things and we repeat it over and over in the presence of ourselves, in the mirror, or to others. And you see, people may turn around and say, is that not you who said it? Yes, yeah, tell them, it will cost me. But I want to sacrifice that for the better. Did you hear what I just said? Is the church here with me? It doesn't matter what you have said to yourself, what you have written, what you have sealed, what you have posted, what you have emailed, what you have tested, what you have WhatsApp, what you have, you know, uh, uh, whatever that is, and you have said in the presence of a thousand, ten thousand people, let them know that God has brought you to a place of repentance a place of replacement and a place whereby he is rectifying and you are prepared to let that pride cost you. That which you have written said cost you. That which you have held in your mind, that which you have planned, those vows, all those things. David said, "And I will not give anything unto the Lord until it has cost me. Today, the only way by which you are sacrificed stand the test of time and the new wine can be replaced is when that has cost you and it takes place just decision this decision can be like the decision that you took when you came to the Lord and you give your life to Jesus if you believe the spirit of this house, I'm talking about the spirit of this house, that God is here. And if you believe the anointing that is in this house, if you believe the word that you are hearing today, let it today let it cost you and see and see what a God. David did that and the plague, the scripture says, stopped. Abraham, the same. I can go on and on and on and on. Today, it may cost you of that Economics will say that the, I think opportunity cost is that which you have let go, isn't it? Amen? It will cost you. But it's better to have the plague than the plague going on and on and on and giving a fake sacrifice. Are you here with me? We need the fresh oil. We need to be supple so that we can be stretched for expansion. We need a room for God to do what he wants to do. The old leaves, the old fig leaves was only leaves and God knew that what he had was not, leaves could not sustain them. An animal had to be sacrificed for God to reclothe them. The church knew at the point of its inception, that the old wine came. Men who were filled and women who were filled with the Jewish culture, Jewish system. God knew that that needs to be fresh fragrance a fresh oil be put in the church. That is why even Jesus, or the, uh, what's his name? When Peter fell into trance, the Lord had to come to him and tell him that this ought to be broken. Before the gospel can go across to the end of the world. And then they needed a fresh oil, a fresh oil, a fresh oil. That was the nation, the Bible said, when the fresh oil came, they got to the beautiful gate. That someone who has sat down there for years. In the past, it was Jesus, who'd have gone out there doing all the healings and the ministrations. But these unlearned men, these men who have allowed to let go of whatever that he was. These men that have allowed God to be, it, you know, it has to cost them who will sit on the right, who will sit on the left, who was the greatest, who was it. These men have let go, and when they have become very supple and the Holy Ghost was upon them, the Bible said, when they go, there's a silver and gold have we not. But we have come not in that old wineskin and old mindset because we are fishermen. We were people that in the past we couldn't have been able to do anything. But because the old wine skin, and there's a new wine, in this new wine skein, there is something that has brought freshness, a new supple, something that is making us accurate and speak the agenda of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Bible said they said to him, What? Rise up and walk. And straight away, you could see how I believe the bones were stretching and jumping. Oh, something is about to happen. Something.